Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. Anybody with half a brain should be driving the speed limit on this highway. Time to slow down. Why the province is lowering speed limits on some well-traveled highways. Canada watches as America votes. Hopefully we'll have a change at the end of the day. Blue wave or red tide? The implications for President Donald Trump. And the evolution of the office. You've got power at every seat, you've got fast, secure Wi-Fi, and you've got coffee to fuel up a day. The co-working concept that's anything but business as usual. You're watching Global BC. This is Global News Hour at 6. Good evening and thanks for joining us. We are all going to have to slow down a little bit on some BC highways as the NDP government reverses some of the higher speed limits brought in by the Liberals. The government is doing it after a close look at accident rates across the province. But as Grace Key reports, not everyone is buying that explanation. You'll need to go a little easier on the gas. The province is lowering the speed limit on 15 sections of highway. The previous government first raised the speed limits along these sections back in 2014, but the NDP says studies show serious crashes have been on the rise. The areas where we're reducing the speed limit are where areas where the speed limit was a contributory factor to the, to the accidents. Speed limits will be rolled back by 10 kilometers an hour on close to 600 kilometers of road. A three-year review looked at 33 highway segments and it found serious collisions jumped overall by 11% in areas that saw a speed limit change four years ago. But since BC says the government's own report shows the top contributing factors as inattentive drivers, road conditions and driving too fast for conditions not speeding. Contributing factors is what we have to look at and on some of those segments that they're talking about the travel speeds actually decreased and crashes still went up. So there's no tie between the speed limit and the actual crash rate on those sections of the highway. But not everyone agrees. The Sea to Sky Highway is one of the sections that will see a decrease in speed and Whistler's mayor applauds the decision. We had noticed uh, an increase in the number of motor vehicle accidents and the severity of them ever since the uh, speed limit was increased. So we really applaud the province for doing this. As for the Coquihalla, the variable speed limits will stay the same. Drivers there still slow down even after the speed limit went up. Studies show when speed limits went up four years ago, almost half of the roads didn't have a jump in accidents. Grace Key, Global News. And it's looking all but inevitable that new speed cameras are coming to the notorious Malahad Highway on Vancouver Island and perhaps other routes in B.C. too. They're called point-to-point -point cameras and Kylie Stanton shows us how they work. I do get to see a lot of what's going on here. Just steps from his business on the edge of this highway, Randy Strandland has watched as lanes were added and barriers came in. It's now divided all the way up to Mill Bay. But none of that is slowing anyone down. In fact, it's doing quite the opposite. Most traffic is moving probably in the area of around 100 kilometers an hour. 
those speeders could soon be stepping on the brakes as the idea of bringing in point-to-point -point or interval cameras is gaining support. Point-to-point -point speed cameras are being used around the world. The cameras record a vehicle as it enters and leaves a section of highway, then calculates how fast it was traveling based on the time. Speeding drivers get a ticket in the mail. Interval cameras like this work. And the public appears to be getting behind it. A survey of more than 1,400 people showed an overwhelming majority were in support of the idea. 70% in favour, 3 neutral and 27% opposed. Those results are being called surprising given that implementing point-to-point -point cameras here would increase the likelihood of getting a ticket. But this stretch of highway is notorious for high-speed crashes and all too many fatalities. Many who drive it say they are for anything that will make it safer. Because anybody with half a brain should be driving the speed limit on this highway. With that mandate, the Capital Regional District is hoping the province will move forward with a pilot project, bringing in the cameras on at least one of these major routes, the Malahat, the Sea to Sky, or the Coquihalla. Public Safety Minister Mike Farnworth would only say it's on his radar. Well, as I said, we're looking, we're looking at it, uh, at the merits of it, uh, uh, but no decisions have been made. While speed is just one factor when it comes to crashes along this stretch, it is also the one thing that can be closely monitored and has proven to change how habits and slow things down. These cameras may soon be another tool in achieving that. If it saves one life, it's, it's, it's worth it. Kylie Stanton, Global News, Victoria. Well, the accident happened just after 3 a.m., but still hundreds of drivers headed out on their morning commute unaware that Highway 1 in Surrey was closed, and that caused the expected chaos. A dump truck burst into flames after it went over the median and swerved off the road. The driver was killed. Police shut down westbound lanes immediately, but several hours later, traffic was backed up for kilometers. At least one person deciding to go the wrong way and drive toward oncoming traffic to try to avoid the gridlock. We're already on the scene of one fatality trying to figure out what happened. We certainly don't want to see any other collisions and certainly not any other fatalities. Police using a drone as part of their investigation. They say it is too early to tell what might have caused the crash. How exciting for a lot of people. High turnout across the United States as Americans vote in critical midterm elections. Republican control of the House and Senate hangs in the balance. And uh, there are some of the early returns. House of Representatives, Democrats need 218 seats. Uh, and Republicans, uh, what are we at there? How am I? I feel like that might not that? be quite that, right. That is not. That is not right. We're going to have to figure out what's up with our graphics right now. But we can tell you that right now, at least in the House, according to uh, a source in the U.S., Democrats are up three, and in the House. Uh, They've got some work to do, obviously, but some of those key races, boy, it looks very close. Yeah. What we're looking at is uh, the Democrats and the Republicans pretty much neck and neck uh, in the House of Representatives. And then in the Senate, the Republicans leading uh, in 42, uh, 42 to 35. That's with early returns right now. That's right. Okay, Global National Anchor Donna Friesen is in D.C. and she's watching all of this unfold. Donna, what can we read into those hey, early yeah. results at this point? <laughs> 
Well, you know, still early, as you saw. Um, it's hard to hard to say uh, that there's any real definitive trend. You know what the Democrats were looking for for tonight, of course, was this blue wave that they hoped would sweep across the country and gain them control of the House, you know, possibly even the Senate, though they realize that's a long shot. Uh, we see that the Democrats have flipped at least two of the House seats, which is good news for them. Um, as you say, though, so many of these races were hotly contested and too close to call. So that includes uh, the governor's races in Florida. Um, the president, we're told, is closely watching that one. Florida, always a big contender um, for uh, what happens there, influences what happens in the rest of the country. Indiana, Missouri, Arizona also um, being very closely watched. You know, this vote is really uh, a decision over the competing visions for America. And, and uh, even Donald Trump admitted that his name, uh, though not on the ballot effectively, was on the ballot because people are deciding whether they like the direction he is taking the country. And man, when you talk to people here, I know, Chris, you know this, you have lots of friends in the United States. They either love Donald Trump or they hate Donald Trump. And the political rift is so intense uh, and it's so deeply divided that I think when we see these results finally tabulated, everyone expected it, expecting it will be a very long night, um, that that divide is going to remain. So a long night. Um, we're watching it all unfold, and all the details will be on as they come in on globalnews.ca. You, Donna, you're right about my experience. I lived in Texas, and right now, tonight, that's one of the hotly and the hottest uh, contest going on right now with uh, Beto O'Rourke, the Democrat in Texas at 50 percent and Ted Cruz at 49.3 percent. So there's a long way to go there. But yeah. yeah, that could be a huge swing in Texas. It sure could be. And that's one of the most closely watched races. And who would have thought really prior to this that a Democrat would be such a contender in that state, right? Um, and, uh, and Ted Cruz even had Donald Trump come in and campaign on his behalf, which was kind of a bit of a, you know, <laughs> a curious thing to see, given how much uh, Donald Trump belittled Ted Cruz in the past. Um, so we'll see what happens with Beto O'Rourke. It's one of the races being very closely watched. All right, we'll keep our eye on it, too. Thanks very much, Donna. Well, there are some people here in B.C. who are paying even more attention than most to this vote. Global's Catherine Urquhart is live in downtown Vancouver where Democrats in B.C., a group called Democrats in B.C., have gathered for what they hope is something of a victory party. Catherine? Yes, yeah, Sophie, we're at Rogue Restaurant in downtown Vancouver where about 200 people are gathering to watch the results coming in. Now, the mood here so far, hopeful, although we also have heard some cheering in the last couple of minutes. This event organized by Democrats Abroad, and that organization has made a pretty big effort to get Americans living in Canada to vote in this election. Are you an American? Are you registered to vote? We didn't even make it a partisan issue. We just said, let's all vote. Um, never has this been done. It hasn't been done in a presidential election at this scale. It hasn't been done internationally like this. But one thing we will say is that votes from abroad change elections. Now, in case you're wondering, about 700,000 Americans live in Canada, about 180,000 in Metro Vancouver. We will be here throughout the night and we will let you know if these Democrats abroad end up celebrating or drowning their sorrows. Back to you. All right, Catherine, thank you. And we will, of course, update the results for you throughout the news hour tonight.
To local politics now, and no sooner was Surrey's new city council sworn in last night than it followed through on the new mayor's promise to replace the RCMP with a municipal force and replace light rail with SkyTrain. There's a lot of work to do, but as Aaron MacArthur reports, Mayor Doug McCallum says he's already figured out how to clear some of the biggest hurdles in getting both of those things done. If Doug McCallum gets his way, this is the last time a Mountie in Red Surge will be present at a city swearing in. The new old mayor passing in his first meeting a resolution to abandon the RCMP. The plan is to start a new municipal force within two years without raising taxes past the point of inflation. McCallum says there are instant savings by not paying E-Division administration costs. That cost is a whopping $20 million. So that particular cost um, we will not have to pay um, when we form our own um, city police department. The new direction of Surrey City Council getting less resistance than many people might think. The provincial government willing to work with Surrey in the creation of its own force. It is, uh, it's not, uh, it's quite complex. It's going to have to address an awful lot of issues, uh, but uh, that's where things are at right now. The RCMP though, just the start of the city rebuild. The other item on the agenda day one, scrapping the LRT along 104th and King George Highway to make room for SkyTrain. The end of the line, moving 15 kilometers further down the line. The $1.6 billion on the table is about half of what TransLink says it will cost to build SkyTrain all the way to Langley. So as of right now, the buck runs out at about 160th here in Fleetwood. Doug McCallum, though, is convinced there are savings to be found to push the line all the way through. It's a simple construction job. We, because it's a straight line, 25-30% will be at grade through our agricultural and green timbers. Support for Surrey coming from all over the region, including Kennedy Stewart, and nearly a majority of the mayor's council votes. Whatever the cost turns out to be, Surrey will look much different four years from now. Aaron MacArthur, Global News. And we have some breaking news for you from Parliament Hill now. Conservative MP Tony Clement has stepped down after admitting he sent someone sexually explicit pictures and video of himself. Clement's office released a statement saying the conservative justice critic shared the material with someone he believed was a consenting female. It says that person is now targeting him for financial extortion. The RCMP are now investigating. Clement has apologized for his actions and has asked for privacy. Conservative leader Andrew Scheer has commented saying he's greatly disappointed in Clement's actions. Lisa Raitt will step in to fill Clement's party role immediately. He will stay on as an MP, though. Clement is married with three children. Young NHL players bad-mouthing their coaches in a video recorded by an Uber driver. It went viral. We'll have the fallout and whether they had any right to privacy later. And Justin Timberlake drops a bombshell on fans in Vancouver. Why he's postponing both of his weekend shows. That's later. Big election going on in the United States, as you know, in the House of Representatives in the midterm elections. 218 are needed for a majority. Right now, the Democrats leading are elected in 44. Republicans have 55 seats. And taking a look at the Senate races right now, the Republicans leading or elected in 42 uh, to the Democrats, 34. And we will keep you updated on those results throughout the news hour tonight.
Right now, though, the coroner's inquest into the death of a man who died at the hands of the police wrapping up its second day with officers taking the stand. They describe how they arrived to find the 26-year-old on a random stabbing spree. Ted Chernecki has more on what was revealed about the moments before the man was fatally shot. Well, today was a testament to how quickly things can escalate in a dangerous situation. 49 seconds. On the left side of your screen, you can see Constable Gregory Parks arrive, handgun drawn. Then you see some onlookers ducking for cover. And Versi, dressed in black, walks from left to right of your screen. You can see him through the windshield. Then on the right side of your screen, where he starts taking non-lethal beanbag shots from another officer who had just arrived. This is unedited video. As police move closer, Parks says Versi lunged towards them and he had no choice but to open fire. In the windshield, you can see Versi get up, wounded, and running away from the camera to a woman who admitted to provoking him. He starts stabbing her, and Parks fires another five shots. Constable Parks, in uniform with the spiked hair, was the only one who fired lethal rounds. The other three officers testified they had decided not to shoot for fear of hitting the woman who was being stabbed. This inquest is trying to find out if there was an opportunity to de-escalate the situation. But Park says there was not in this case. He was not obeying police commands. He was not dropping the knife. And he already stabbed a couple of people. Back to you. Ted Trinecki reporting tonight. Well, police never know what they will face on a call. And we're reminded of that today on the one-year anniversary of the shocking death of Abbotsford Constable John Davidson. The Abbotsford officer was gunned down in a strip mall parking lot. And even though he's gone, Tanya Beja has more on why Constable Davidson will never be forgotten. Never forget our fallen brother, Constable John Davidson. One year after Constable John Davidson was killed in the line of duty, Abbotsford police are adding his name to the city's wall of heroes. You know, I, I remember talking to John. My last conversation with John was after cops were cancer, and he was just so proud of, of uh, being part of that event. Davidson stood out for his commitment to the community. He was passionate about helping youth and cycled hundreds of kilometers to raise money for childhood cancer. He's going to be missed, but this was a, an individual who thought of others before he thought of himself. Davidson was responding to a call at an Abbotsford strip mall when he was shot and killed. Um, you know, that was a scary day when, uh, you know, the shots were fired and people were trying to find safety and, and this police department raced into that scene and, and John being the first on scene was, you know, tragically killed. The trial for the man accused in his death, 65-year-old Oscar Arfman, is set to begin in January. So shortly after uh, John's passing, uh, we did create this uh, shirt to honour John. It has his badge number from Northumbria, where he was a police officer for 12 years, and then his badge number, uh, which is a 386 from the Abbotsford Police Department. Abbotsford Police now selling shirts to raise money for causes close to Davidson's heart. There is a cost to freedom, and uh, this unfortunately is one of those costs that sometimes things happen where people have to sacrifice their own lives so that we are free. Tanya Beja, Global News. Justin Timberlake fans might be crying a river tonight. Oh, I saw what you did there. <laughs> the superstar has postponed his two concerts scheduled for this weekend at Rogers Arena. Live Nation says Timberlake has bruised vocal cords. The show is being rescheduled for February 14th and 15th. Canceled the shows in Edmonton, too. A lot of disappointed fans.
Okay, right now, we've shown you how Bella Coola residents are dealing with an exploding population of grizzly bears. The animal's becoming so habituated, it's hard to scare them off. Some residents have decided to take measures into their own hands, and as Sarah McDonald reports, they're doing everything they can to keep their community safe. Well, for many of us, being outside at night in conditions like these comes with the typical well-known risks. But imagine not only looking over your shoulder for vehicles, but also apex predators. That is what it's like for some here in Bella Coola, where working the night shift has taken on a whole new meeting for one group of concerned citizens. We, have a, we do have a trap located up here. When the sun sets on this community of 2000, Roger Harris's workday is just getting started. He and his daughter, among others, firing up their vehicles. The GONS one road up. And patrolling the streets. Possibly two to three grizzlies in the community. Combing the back alleys and main drags dividing residential properties for grizzly bears like this one. Eyes facing this way. Who we found grazing just meters from houses and humans. We usually try to push it to the outskirts of town, like back to the river, where it has some food sources. This has become a nightly ritual of sorts for local First Nations members, working through the night to protect both the people living in Bellacula. Just like you guys know, there's a bear spot down by the motel. Okay. And the extraordinary, powerful animals they coexist with. Because if any conflict happens, uh, either someone gets injured or the bear gets put down. We really don't want that to happen. But for many here, these bears have simply come too close for comfort too many times in recent years. Three years ago it started, and last year was bad, and this is the worst year ever. Many like this one now gorging in preparation for hibernation. There's a bear spotted down by the Bellacula Motel, so just be aware. Okay. Have a good night. It's a problem right now because it's dividing the community. Until then, this tireless effort continues. These concerned citizens enduring long nights alongside their typically nocturnal neighbors. Roger and all those guys are dedicated to, to doing what they do. They do a great job, so it's, it's nice having them out. I enjoy keeping our people safe. Thank you, have visual behind Nelson. In an exhaustive and ongoing effort to prevent a tragic outcome on either side. So what is the solution and is there one? We'll speak with the experts about the role that humans play in this issue and the economic footprint of those grizzlies that, as you just saw, sometimes roam these streets. Coming up tomorrow on the NewsHour. At the results coming in from south of the border in the midterm elections, this is what it looks like for the House of Representatives right now. A tight race. Democrats uh, leading or elected in 66 to the Republicans, uh, 65. But we're also seeing numbers out of uh, the U.S. that show us that the Republicans, Republicans, pardon me, are leading in 80 to 74 in the House of Representatives. And in the Senate, take a look there. The Democrats need a net gain of only two seats, but... Uh... There are only nine Republican seats up. It's going to be difficult for them. They need 51 for a majority there. Republicans leading 44 seats to 34 in the race for the Senate. Again, we'll keep our eye on this for you throughout uh, the program. All right, now in Tennessee, attention is on rebuilding in a different way after a tornado moved through the state overnight. Widespread damage can be seen in the area southeast of Nashville. At least one woman was killed when her house was ripped from its foundation and turned upside down. The deadly storm carrying wind speeds of almost 220 kilometers per hour. 
Well, young players from the Ottawa Senators learned a hard lesson after a recent Uber ride. Their entire conversation was recorded and then shared online. The players have since apologized and the team is handling it internally, but it begs the question, should you expect privacy when you're in the back of a cab? Seven senators riding in an Uber. As you would probably guess, our PKs are Seven members of the Ottawa Senators hockey team, to be precise, in Phoenix last month. Their every word recorded by a camera in the car. Now we're like second or third. The video released on YouTube without the player's knowledge or consent. To uh, spread that information and audio tape and videotape people without their consent is not something that's expected. In the video, the driver asks who they are. What team do you guys play for? Ottawa. Then the players engage in a free-flowing at sometimes disparaging discussion about some members of the team's coaching staff. He doesn't ever teach you anything. He just commentates no, what's happening. I haven't paid attention in three weeks. I also hate how he quizzes us. Those teammates collectively issued a public apology after the video came out. And Uber, while not doing interviews, issued its own statement saying... This is a clear violation of our community guidelines. As soon as we learned of this situation, we immediately worked to help get the video removed. In Canada, releasing a video like this could lead to a lawsuit. Absolutely. I, I think there's a, a cause of action there. In fact, it's called intrusion upon seclusion, uh, where there's a breach of one's privacy. While there's nothing wrong with cameras in cars, especially for driver's safety... There's a distinction that has to be made between doing that and... Uh, sending it out on the web, that's, that's the invasion of privacy issue. Uh, there's no consent. Once you're in a car on camera, there's no guarantee what you said won't end up being seen and heard by others. Sean O'Shea, Global News, Toronto. Well, this is not what you expect when it comes to curbside grocery service. Surveillance video shows the moment a truck slams into a Russian supermarket, but it's the shot from inside that's amazing. Shelves toppling as the truck made impact. One shopper was injured, although not seriously. The truck's brakes reportedly failed, causing the driver to swerve off the road. There is no word on the condition of the driver. In health matters tonight, turning to high-fat, calorie-dense nuts at snack time may be the key to keeping the weight off. A study led by the Harvard School of Public Health examined weight gain over a four-year period. It found that eating a serving of nuts or nut butter instead of things like red meat or chowing down on chips led to lower weight gain and a reduced risk of obesity. The study did receive funding from the California Walnut Commission. And American researchers say living in a loud neighborhood could damage your heart. The new study suggests chronic noise stimulates an area of the brain that regulates stress, which can lead to inflammation in the blood vessels. They found that people with long-term exposure to noise had tripled the risk of heart attack or stroke. Midterm results in the U.S. Uh, coming through now and will be, I'm sure, for the rest of the evening. Here's how the House of Representatives is shaping up so far. 218 needed for a majority. Right now, the Republicans have a very slim lead, 71 to the Democrats, 69. And let's check out the Senate now, where Republicans have gained a seat. Democrats lost one. Republicans at 45 seats right now and Democrats at... 34. That's with 14 of 35 races called. And of course, polls still have not closed on the far west coast of the U.S. So they will be going late into the night, I'm sure. Alaska being the last mm. to close polls at close to midnight our time. We'll keep you updated on these results as they continue to come in. A well-known British actor at the top of entertainment news tonight will tell you who and why 
right after Cash's forecast. Let's check in with uh, her right now. Some beautiful sunshine out there today, uh, although a little, little bit windy, it seemed. Please. Not that I'm complaining. No, please don't. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take all the sunshine we can get at this time of year. Thanks, guys. Uh, loving this shot sent in from Victoria, this pelican contemplating a bike ride. Plenty more sunshine where it came from. Pretty much for all of us now. We're going to spread that sunshine through the interior. 12 degrees. That was our high today at Vancouver International. And note sundown today. 444 earlier this afternoon in the dark now for a good two hours. But the skies are lighting up just to the south of us. We are tracking some thunder showers uh, south of the border. I'm going to zoom in a little bit uh, better for you. So near Grand Forks Highway 3, we've been tracking these thunder showers. As temperatures, they will be falling very shortly. Overnight, our uh, temperatures were going to be around the freezing mark, by the way. But this energy is going to be dissipating. So that potential for thunder showers that will be dissipating for us as well as this area of low pressure it does continue to exit by the way some of the mountain passes still will be picking up an additional two centimeters of snow meanwhile a ridge of high pressure moves in it dominates the province and that means sunny skies for everybody on wednesday and thursday for the most part wednesday late day it's high to Gwaii that we start to see the showers and then thursday earlier in the day it's the north and the central coast and the low continues to sink south then this high pressure it begins to break down Everybody starts to see the precipitation through the wee hours of Friday morning and this coinciding with temperatures that are going to be plummeting. So you're seeing a lot more blues here. So this just a heads up that Thursday overnight into Friday, a lot of us will be seeing the snow even at Valley Bottom. So have a look at what to expect for the central Okanagan, for instance, overnight lows Wednesday overnight into Thursday for Kelowna minus six. We haven't seen that in a really long time. But now as this area of low pressure moves in, we're going to be sitting at about minus two. So we have right now a rain-snow mix in the forecast, but I think it uh, very well could be snow. Meanwhile, a glorious day it's going to be on your Wednesday. Plenty of sunshine temperatures below seasonal for places like Whitehorse and Dees Lake. A little bit below seasonal for you in Prince George, but I think we'll take that with all the sunshine. Sun and clouds for the interior as well. I don't think anybody's going to be seeing any precipitation tomorrow. We're really clearing out, as is the case along the coast, and I think the winds are going to be easing as well. So temperature around 10 so slightly cooler than it was uh, today again we were at about 12 today and look at this your Sunday it has been a really long time since we've had sun and clouds and very comfortable temperatures on our Remembrance Day and I leave you with your weather window brought to us by Keith a beautiful view from their squire <laughs> 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 nice. Uh, <laughs> you know, it didn't ruin Keith's picture, though. It's still so beautiful. You know, Squire's <laughs> new around here, so you yeah, can't right? be blamed <laughs> for uh, for that. Okay, thank you very much, Kasia. He's off to find some audio equipment, I think. That's right. All right, drum roll, please. Squire would give us the drum roll. He's the drummer of the group here, but he's off right now. Uh, are you ready? Thank you. We now know who 2018's Sexiest Man Alive is. This year's Sexiest Man Alive is Idris Elba. Idris, how are you there, buddy? Idris, And he was right there. He popped right up. Jimmy Fallon, of course, making the announcement on The Tonight Show. Idris Elba, best known for his work in the TV series The Wire and Luther. He also played a Norse god in Thor. The 46-year-old says the honor came as a big surprise. James Bond fans are now campaigning for Elba to be the next 007.
That's a good looking coin. It, it is, isn't it? Nice looking coin. Yeah. It looks like it's worth more than two bucks. Yes. Well, it means a lot more mm -hmm. than two bucks. It sure does. Okay. So, the uh, last time the Canucks went on a six game road trip, that was very early in the season, started in their second game. Everyone thought, they're not going to do much. And then they went 3-3. Three and three. Not a great record, but as I said, most people thought they might go 0-6. This time, the feelings are much different heading into another six-game road trip. The Canucks have won three straight, scored 16 in those three games. And, of course, they have Elias Patterson. But they don't have Brock Besser tonight. But they do have Chris Tanev back in the line. All right, let's play some hockey. Louis Erickson with a chance. Blocks. Breakaway. He does have one goal this year. Uh, well, just one goal for the $6 million man. Jacob Markstrom at the other end. It's all Swedish here. One save, two saves off Wade Megan. Didn't allow a goal in the first period. As I said, it's all Swedish all the time. Elias Pettersson. How many times already has he gone top shelf with the wrist shot and with the Gretzky-like slap shot? How many goals did Gretzky score like that? The big slap shot coming down the wing. That's his 10th of the year. 1-0 for the Canucks. Van, watch the defense by Pedersen here. Right there. Sweeping the puck away. He does it all. Both ends of the ice. Ben Hutton. I think Jimmy Howard was screened by his own guy, but it counts. 2-0 for Vancouver at that point. That guy's happy. Made his trip to Detroit worth it. Uh, just an advocator here on the power play. That made it 2-1. Detroit scored early in the third. Nyquist, so now it's 2-2. Two coaching surprises in the last few days. Willie Desjardins got back in the NHL. He's now the coach of the LA Kings. And Joel Quenville got kicked out of the NHL this morning. He was fired by Chicago despite winning three Stanley Cups for the Blackhawks. He is out, replaced by Jeremy Colleton, who is only 33 years old. That's 27 years younger than... Uh, Joel Quenville. Uh, Quenville is the second winningest coach in NHL history. He has coached three times in his NHL career, uh, three different teams, I should say, in his NHL career. And I think he will be a candidate when the next NHL coach is fired. A lot of Blackhawk veterans were not happy by what happened this morning. Well, the final dress rehearsals were terrible for the BC Lions, but maybe they'll step up when things get real, which is Sunday in Hamilton. It's playoff time. And the Lions are going to have to take the eastern route if they want to get to the Grey Cup. They're the crossover team. If they win this one in Hamilton, they will stay out east and play Ottawa in the eastern final. Now, the Lions obviously have to do a lot of things better this Sunday than they did in their final two regular season games. But if you want to talk about individuals, one guy who must step up his game is Travis Lule. Travis Lula and the BC Lions aren't exactly going into the playoffs on a high. BC with back-to-back -back losses where they were average at best against the Stampeders and Rough Riders. On offense, the Lions created all of three touchdowns in those games and looked out of sync more often than not. It's a clean slate, frankly. Um, and it just is. Hamilton's lost three in a row, too, and you think they're worried about losing three in a row? No, I mean, it's clean slate. It's playoffs. It's a six-team tournament. Uh, we're there. We earned the opportunity to be here. So it's just about how we prepare and play on game day. I mean, when you look at it, the past two weeks, we were going against teams who were, who were really fighting for a first place, fighting for a home playoff game. And not to say that we didn't have anything to fight for, but I think you could just tell that they were a little bit more focused, and, and that's really all it came down to was focus. Beginning the second half, and they've got Brian Burdo. 
the main point of focus for Lions fans is Travis Lule. Lule starts against the Ticats, and no matter how well BC's defense performs, if Travis and the offense can't generate points against the Ticats, the Lions are one and done in the playoffs. I mean, look, playing on the road in the playoffs, there's going to be a ton of energy in the building for the opposing team, right? Everything's in their favor. Um, so you got to you got to find a way to settle into that game. I think our offense is best when there's balance. You know, it's not run or pass, pass or run. It's you know you got to have balance. When we've had our backs against the wall, when the pressure's been on us, is when this team has risen and played its best, and it's do or die time now. So that's what gives us the confidence that going into this game that we have we have the uh, ability to, to to compete at the level we need to compete to win in the playoffs. I'm confident, and I know what this offense is capable of. You've seen what the defense is capable of all season, so. You know, I don't have any worries going into this game as long as we're focused and as long as we uh, go there to handle business. All right, Champions League, Liverpool, Red Star, Belgrade. This was a bit of an upset. Oh, it's Milan Pavkov with the goal there. And then seven minutes later, again. Beautiful. 2-0 final for Belgrade. Uh, we talked about this when the Red Sox were winning another World Series. I didn't have a chance to show you last week, but in North American sports, the 21st century has been the Boston century. Even this year, Red Sox win. The Patriots are still very much a Super Bowl threat. The Celtics and Bruins, they're teams who could reach the finals. And reaching the finals is what Boston teams have done 16 times since 2001. And the win percentage for Boston is pretty good. Check it out. And it's always better when you do it to some sort of funk music. So the Patriots win five Super Bowls, the Red Sox four World Series, the Bruins and the Celtics also have a championship this century. Success. No matter how you slice it. There you go. Get the funk out. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Coming up on ET Canada, all our encounters with people's sexiest man alive, Idris Elba, plus why Missy Peregrim got the gig for FBI. And nope, it had nothing to do with Rookie Blue. All of that is coming up at 7, right after the news hour. But for now, it's back to you, Chris and Sophie. All right, looking forward to it. Thanks, Cheryl. Well, a growing number of entrepreneurs in Vancouver are spending work hours in unlikely uh, spaces. A local startup, FreeSpace, is transforming lounges by night into offices by day, part of a growing trend across North America. Nadia Stewart has more. For Troy and McNamara, it is just another day at the office. I have power, I have Wi-Fi, and I have coffee. But his office is anything but typical. When you have space that's not being used throughout the day, it's, it's just a waste of space and it's not very sustainable. So it makes so much sense to kind of inhabit these spaces. This space is a restaurant by night, now turned office by day. Part of a new network catering to solopreneurs and entrepreneurs, bucking the standard nine to five stereotype. Not just through the kind of work they do, but also where they choose to do it. Helping restaurants and lounges where daytime is usually dead time. So I've always been interested in the concept of space as a service. And I think that started with my first experience with Airbnb, to be completely honest. James Comenda is the brains behind FreeSpace, a Vancouver-based startup connecting remote workers with restaurants whose spaces would otherwise be vacant from 9 to 5. On one hand, we had people that were working from home, which is great, um, but it can be isolating. There's no human interaction. And a coffee shop can be great as well, but it can also be an inconsistent experience. Whether that's, you know, are you going to have access to a space to sit at? Uh, you have to buy coffee. Is the Wi-Fi going to be strong or is it going to be secure? 
For $50 a month, subscribers can access both of Free Space's Vancouver locations, all of them outfitted with dedicated high-speed internet, power outlets, and a steady supply of Java. Restaurant owners say there's potential. If you're not using the space and you get the opportunity to bring some people in, why not? Uh, yeah, it's a no-brainer for me. But the Restaurant Association of BC says it's an opportunity with limited potential. It has to be managed and there's a cost to that. So you have to sort of wonder what the cost benefit is really going to be. But it's going to be very, very small in our market. Still, Free Space is hoping to expand. Their next stop could be North Vancouver. Nadia Stork, Global News. All right, very quickly, the battle for control of Congress in the United States. Midterm elections on right now and in the House of Representatives. 218 needed for a majority. Uh, Republicans uh, in front right now with 92 seats, uh, 82 for the Democrats. And looking at the Senate races right now, uh, the Republicans leading with 45, the Democrats back at 37. Uh, that all-important uh, Texas Senate race between Ted Cruz, we all know him, and Beto O'Rourke, the Democrat, still incredibly tight. Ted Cruz less than 1% ahead of Beto O'Rourke right now with 12% uh, of polls reporting. Global Nationals' Donna Friesen is in Washington, and of course, we are pumping out all the results online, too. So please check out our website if you'd like to follow along there. Uh, in the meantime, last word on weather before we go. Enjoy two more days of sunshine. Nice. A low moves in come Friday for many of us. Oh, that sounds nice. Yeah. I'm going to coldness now. I'm going to Montreal for a few days oh. to see what it's like to be, you know, to the a, ca a real Canadian. Canadian. <laughs> Experience cold. Nice. We will I'm miss you. Yeah. Stay and warm. Feel about it. Take your boots. Like single dishes. What is it? Yeah. I wouldn't go there. No, I yeah. can't. Cancel the flight. Go Thanks. Else. Thanks for watching. Have a good night, folks.